Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. Hey guys, we are so happy to be back with you in season six of the podcast. Can you believe it's season six? Really? Yeah, season six. So here's the deal. You guys know we did not in this last season, we actually did not feature any guests this last season. And so we are so excited to have some guests this season. And you know, we are not going to bring anybody to you that is not going to provide just a major resource for you and for your marriage. And we are so thrilled to have Travis and Adele from The Noble Marriage here with us today. Thank you guys so much for coming on and getting a chance to share with our audience. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's an honor. We love being with both of you guys. Yeah, we definitely feel this like connection with you guys. Yeah, we met, was it last year? I think it was this past year, mm-hmm. yeah, that we connected over yeah, social media. Amazing. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. All this, all the people that we've really connected with have been over social media since we started it's everything. Been so cool. Because there's nobody local. Yeah. And so, right. you know, but yeah, it's been great. It's yeah. Been and awesome. you guys have, I mean, I think we feel such a shared heart with you guys as you've navigated through the same kind of territory we mm-hmm. have in your marriage. So we're going to give you guys a chance to share and just be open with our audience about your personal story, your journey, steps towards healing, all of that good stuff. And so we're going to hand it over to you guys and, and just let you guys speak life into our, into our audience. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking when we were first doing this of how to how to navigate this. And we've told our story numerous times on numerous mm-hmm. podcasts on our own channel. We have a documentary that released uh, recently on our story. So exciting. And, and we have the ability to talk about our story and it would it could last for a long time. But I will summarize. We had a marriage full of pain and hurt and trauma and addictions, uh, specifically on my side, a lot of pain and trauma from my past. Mm. It led into a lot of addictions uh, where I was very self-centered and looking into myself as a victim, but those addictions were covering pain and those were alcoholism. Uh, I became addicted to prescription uh, pills, shopping, pornography, lust, things like that. Things that were not healthy, were not effective. And a lot of them were secrets from Adele. And I would hide these secrets and keep these secrets. But there was a point where in our marriage, we, uh, there was discovery of those. And then there was disclosure where I just was like, I need to tell you everything that has been going on. That was in 2018. And from that point forward, we've had about four and a half years now of recovery Uh, reconciliation, restoration of our marriage. And we've connected with each other. We actually like each other (laughs) and we love each other and we have a great relationship. And now we're doing this full time in marriage ministry. We have walked a path specifically of infidelity. And that's what we wanted to talk to you guys today about is how did we walk that path? How did God show us in walking that path? And then how do we help other couples walk mm-hmm. that path mm-hmm. of uh, going from infidelity to fully recovering and being who it is God called us to be? 
Yeah, and I think um, one of the biggest questions that I had when um, discovery happened was why? Why did this happen? Like, I was so shocked. I never in a million years saw, like, thought that we would be that couple. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of time to really go back and think through that thought of, did I really, was I really blindsided by that? And what I have realized is there were a lot of red flags that I ignored and didn't have conversations with Travis about things I was seeing because I was so insecure with myself and I was living this perfectionist lifestyle where I was putting all the perfect out to the world and the part that's really important is I believed it. So I was seeing things happen, but I wouldn't believe that. I would choose to believe the perfect that I was displaying to everyone else. So that's where my shock came in was the perfectionism world coming down and in destruction. Hmm. And I mean, I was so consumed with what are people going to think about me? Yeah. And what I kept getting, I, I would land on is I'm, I'm not good enough. That's what everybody's going to think is the reason that Travis was unfaithful in the marriage. Is there something wrong with me and how humiliating and shameful and embarrassing that was like those thoughts were consuming me. Yeah. And going back to the question of why did this happen? You know, there were a lot of questions that I had around the infidelity and a lot of them did not serve my healing (laughs) and specifically the question of why did this happen? Because no answer would satisfy what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And what I was looking for was to be enough and worthy Mm -hmm. and significant and pursued and loved and all of those things. And I was looking to him to give me that in the why. And it would, it would actually do the opposite. I would feel more not good enough, you know, all of those things. And that it has been a journey of learning where I get my affirmations from is from the Lord, not from him, because when I'm depending on him to fix what's incomplete in Mm -hmm. myself, I feel more broken, more out of control. And so I I do still appreciate the question of why did this happen? Because it sent us on a journey of discovering the Mm. why. And there is a why I have recognized. It's not really what I was looking for, (laughs) but there is a why the infidelity happens in marriage. And it starts small. It starts Mm -hmm. so small. And I believe like now that we've discovered his past and my past and how they have intertwined together, it makes perfect sense why infidelity ended up being in our marriage. Um, We were so disconnected. We didn't know how to have communication. We were uh, in survival a lot of those years. So there wasn't connection. There wasn't intimacy in our marriage. And so I think we're all looking for that. We're looking for connection. That's why we get married is we're looking for that connection. I I don't want to jump ahead, but I was just curious 
because I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm just curious, what was y'all's walk with God prior to, you know, in 2018 or, you know, when, before all this happened or while this happened, like, what did that look like? Because the reason I was really interested in it is because I feel like I've fallen in the trap a lot. I used to, I've worked on it a lot where you fall in this trap of, of, uh, the outward showing, right. Uh, you know, especially like when you're in church, right. The outward showing of like, everything's perfect. Everything's good, you know, and then all of a sudden everything comes crashing down and everyone's like, what just happened? You know? So I was just curious, like, what was your all's relationship like prior like with Christ? Yeah, it was a very transactional mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. Um, I viewed God as a very judgmental, condemning God. And mm. that just comes from my childhood. And not that anyone ever told me that. That's just yeah. kind of what I've received. Mm-hmm. And he was the God that I really wasn't sure I wanted a relationship with. And I didn't know what that even looked like. Mm. So yeah. we went to church. We we're mm-hmm. both brought up in Christian homes with wonderful families. And it wasn't until 2018 that my, my life was gripped Mm -hmm. in a way that I knew without God, I wasn't going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And then that's good. If you'll share earlier, 2018, very similar, very similar relationship. I did not have a personal relationship with God. I had a knowledge, a head knowledge of who God is. I did not have a heart knowledge of the relationship. It wasn't until 2018 when I was on a men's hike with Seacoast Church in Greenville. And this is before I found out about anything. That's right. About six months before she found out that I really met Jesus on this men's hike, that Jesus that would have come and he would have saved me no matter what. He would have Mm -hmm. been there for me. And that that was the same Jesus that, um, that I recognized. And I was able to to have a, f- a full relationship with him at the beginning of 2018 before the discovery. And I am very, very grateful for that because mm. it gave us, we had so much pain in the first part of our marriage with addictions and he went to rehab in 2017. So he was clean and sober. And I was getting to know this man really for the first time. Mm-hmm. But when he found Jesus, it was like a transformation in him. And I was actually falling in love with him again, because there wasn't love there. I didn't love him. And I, I had shared that with my therapist and I didn't know what I was going to do about that. I mean, that's a miserable place to be. Mm -hmm. So the Lord allowed him to really find God before I found out, because had that not happened the way it did, I might've checked out. I really don't know what I would have done. Um, So I'm just grateful the way that it happened because it allowed me to ground myself because I was watching him ground his life in the Lord for the first time. And that was very attractive to me. We fell in love for six months and it was the best six months of our, like that time frame in our marriage. And then I found out in October. And so I was so angry with God that why now, why, when I'm back in love with him, would you allow this to happen? Because it wasn't an ongoing infidelity. It, there had been a five-year gap 
Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I could have found out about this earlier and I could have dealt with it then, but I would have left. I was going to say, I, I could have left out. then. Come on. <laughs> exactly. That was kind of my thoughts with God. And, but I felt God, um, I felt his presence in a way around that discovery that I'd never experienced. Like he drew so close to my broken heart yes. yeah. and walking through the pain of betrayal and infidelity is not like anything else I have ever been through. Mm -hmm. It is such a gut wrenching heart, deep, deep pain that's there. And I knew that without God, I could not walk this road Yeah, because it was much easier for me, seemed like much easier to walk away mm -hmm. than to actually walk through it, through that pain. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to so much of what you're saying in your story and the recognition of needing Jesus. And even in the recognition of God's timing in revelation, when it comes to walking yeah. that story out, because I remember even in, in our own journey, I felt like it was layers and layers of things being revealed. And it frustrated me so much because I was just like, I just, I want to know truth. I want to know it all right now. And recognizing God's mercy, looking back, God's timing, looking back and seeing that his, his placement of those things was so perfectly timed because I could only endure so much, you know, he was sustaining me through each one of those moments. And just to see how he, he brought you through this time of recognizing I can love my husband again. You know, I, I see yeah. that there's a difference and a change in him and that he has Christ and it allowed you to hold on. And if, like you said, if you had known years earlier, we'd be looking at a whole different story. Not that God is not a redeemer still, mm -hmm. but it's that aspect of knowing his timing is so, so perfect. Well, you see people in a different light, even in a betrayal, right? Like you hate it, but you also see God's love. I don't know. It's, it's weird when I'm interested in like super excited about, cause we talked about this before. So when Lisa and I went through our thing, I mean, God's so faithful. That's the only reason we got through it because we didn't, we didn't, you know, look for any help really. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't seek anybody professionally or anything like that. Wrong. We just kind of, we tell everyone, like when we coach people, we're like, we did it wrong. Like, that's why we're trying to do this. And so I'm interested to know, like you're all's walk through this, like how, like, what do you guys tell people? Cause you guys coach people, you guys hope, you know, teach people and, and provide all these things, this walk of betrayal. Like, what is that like? What is walk of healing, the really? walk of healing and all that? Like, and it's on both sides, right? Because, you know, you have to let go of the shame on one side and the right. other side, you have to give this forgiveness that you don't even realize that a human can even give. Right. Yeah. I, I am so grateful for how the Lord walked us through it because mm -hmm. he literally wrote our course that we teach through walking us through this journey. And so that's actually how we walk through it is what we teach all yeah. of our clients that we work with and couples that are walking through crisis. Um, because you're right. There's a lot of different layers to this and, you know, there's a grief, a really deep grief that's happening in the spouse who was betrayed mm -hmm. and there's shame and condemnation in the spouse who betrayed and the two can't understand each other. Um, because in my grief, it would trigger his shame. 
And so there was this cycle going on and we, I was praying for Lord, bring us the right people to walk us through this because we don't know how. Mm-hmm. And he did. He literally three days after I found out, he brought Dr. Gary Chapman into mm-hmm. our life. Like uh, the guru of love and marriage. And he taught me what true forgiveness is. And I had never heard what forgiveness really was. I thought forgiveness was earned. It's something that you have to prove that you're going to be different in order for forgiveness to happen. She had a long list that I needed to accomplish in order to receive forgiveness from her. And I was very verbal about that. I was like, if you think I'm forgiving you before these things happen, you can forget it. Correct. (laughs) I felt like it was a punishment for him and not forgiving. But what he said to me was that forgiveness is not for him. It's for Mm -hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I forgive, it will allow me to heal. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I also saw that it was God's gift to me is forgiveness. Like I have it, I get it freely. Mm-hmm. And so who am I to deny him forgiveness when he truly was remorseful and repentant of it? And I know not every marriage, you know, the spouse is remorseful. And, and I think that forgiveness still applies there. It's still so important because it blocks forgiveness for me and it blocks my ability to heal if I don't forgive. And so I chose very early on. It wasn't like forgiveness happened right then. It was a process, Mm -hmm. but I chose that I was going to do it. And my heart shifted in those first three days. And it, I even told him, I was like, I don't know what's happening, Mm -hmm. but I know I'm going to forgive you. And I was shocked that I said that, (laughs) Um, but it had everything to do with him. And then you found the intensive. Yeah, I was able to find Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive. It's a four day (laughs) intensive with five couples total where we're able to share and be able to get healing over uh, things in our past and things that we're going through our relationship, how to have good communication and conversation around um, ourselves. One of the main things that I learned, Mm -hmm. there's several main things I learned in what we teach now. One is I need to create emotional safety. I need to be able to hear her and listen to her talk without judgment. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to, whatever you have to say is important because what you're saying matters you know, empathy is, is is what needs to be created. And Dr. Sean Stover has a great quote about empathy. It is, you're hurting and that matters to me. Yep. It's a great quote because that's what happens is in a conversation where I need to be able to hear her, I've got to set my judgment to the side so that I can hear what's going on. And so emotional safety is, is one of the priorities that we had in our relationship, not only on my side, but she had to do it too, because I feel like she judges me whenever she questions me or whenever she talks. And so she had to do some extra work to be able to make sure she was being emotionally safe for me to share as well. And I, I would also piggyback on that, that we learned the why at that intensive. We learned that we brought all the things prior into marriage mm-hmm. yep. and that was the reason infidelity happened there was pornography introduction at he was eight mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, he walked through being molested at a young age as well, multiple times. And then um, even had a child out of wedlock at 16. So there was a, a pattern that for many years, he was able to stuff all that down and keep it under wraps like mm -hmm. everything was okay. But there comes a point in your life where you can't keep it stuffed down anymore. It will come out in your behaviors and your actions and your words even. And that's what we were seeing. And so those were the red flags that I really should have paid attention to because we could have had good communication around those things. But because there wasn't any kind of communication on a deep level, we were avoiding all of it. Yeah. Right. And so that's when it erupts like a volcano. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> one of my other big takeaways was personal responsibility. Yeah. I became a victim. Most of my life, I've been a victim around circumstances and people where things happen to me instead of uh, life happening for me. It was like life happens to me and I give away my power whenever I act like a victim and being personally responsible, not only for my actions, what I say, what I do, my past behavior and the consequences that follow all of those. I need to be personally responsible for me. And I never knew how to do that until going through this intensive. And that was very powerful for me to learn that because once I was personally responsible, once, once I was taking responsibility for my actions, words, behaviors, I became very powerful. Yeah. And that's, I became very powerful. It's when, attractive mm -hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. That's it's a huge funny, right? mindset shift, right? Like yes. I look around at the world right now and to be a victim is popular, yeah. you know, and it's fine to stay there right? Like that's yeah. what's kind of pushed, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. To stay in that mentality. When what you learned was exact opposite. It was like, no, I, I own it. I am a victim. I can't help that. But I'm yeah. going to change my perspective on this. I'm going to have this personal responsibility. Now I have a relationship with Christ. Like all these things make you walk in victory, even through those tough times, right? Like it's, that's a huge like that's a, I think that's a huge game changer. I mean, I know you learned, you know, all these things and I think that alone can change your life, can definitely change your life. <laughs> it does, change your life. It does <laughs> because I mean, you look around today and it, it, that's one of the things that gets on my nerves um, so much is you can't, you can't control what happens around you, but you can control you. Right. And yeah, being a victim, be about it. right. And, and being a victim is real. That is a real thing. They're like, you know, my line of work, your old line of work, like, you know, there's victims out there all over the place and it's a horrible place to be. But to stay in that place is so unhealthy and hold you back. it holds you back from so much. So I just think it's, I mean, just hearing you talk about all this is, yeah, it's, it's uh, like, I get excited, you know, just hearing it. Cause yeah. I'm man seeing this walk. It's awesome. That was something I had to work through also because mm -hmm. I saw myself as a victim from yeah. his sin. Mm -hmm. And you were. And I was. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have to stay there. 
And the Lord met me very early on in my days of just extreme grief where I'm in, in a ball on the floor crying. And he told me that if I do the work to heal, he will use my story to help other people heal and mm -hmm. that he would bless my marriage. And I held on to that. I gripped that as tight as I could, because I knew if he was telling me that something good was on the other side, mm -hmm. which meant I could not stay a victim. I had to pull myself out of that and actually walk through it. And one of the things that we really have seen with couples is a lot of times the betrayer, now that the secrets are out, they're kind of walking in this freedom, right? They're like, whew, yeah. I just dumped all of that. My shoulders. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, because it's heavy. Mm -hmm. But it puts the other spouse in a prison that they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. And that is a very heavy weight also. So what we have seen is the betrayer is like, this is your journey of healing. You mm -hmm. need to get healing. You need to do this. But really what we have seen is when the couple walks together mm -hmm. through the healing process, him being there for my grief and my pain and what I'm going through and triggers and all the things that betrayal brings, but also me walking beside him as he works through shame and condemnation and actually being with his emotions and expressing that to me of how he truly feels about the betrayal. All those things are so important that if the journey is done separate, the healing takes a much longer time to heal, like mm -hmm. years yeah. versus the way that God walked us through it was side by side. We had rapid healing and I was shocked that it happened so fast. So I remember a year after looking back going, I can't believe it's been a year. It's actually flown by and I'm thinking about it less and less and my triggers are going away and I'm in love with him still. And our relationship is growing. And I've had many conversations with other women who've walked that, that they're five, eight years in and they're still not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the difference. Yeah. Powerful stuff. I, I love Thank just how, I love just how God just comes in in such a, a beautiful way that in our worst circumstances, in our worst pain, our worst shame, and and He just comes in and brings such a healing balm when we like completely lean into Him and allow Him into those spaces that often we want to keep Him away from. You know, it's like these areas that we try to like self-protect or self-heal, or we go and try to find any other avenue. So this happened 2018, 2019. You're like, man, this year's flown by, you know, this incredible healings happened. When did you guys start this ministry? Like how soon? 2021. 2021. Okay. All right. God called us to marriage ministry in March of 2021 mm -hmm. and we were fully healed. Yeah. Wow. That oh, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows you how open you guys were to allowing God to come into those places and to really walk yeah. it through. Because a lot of times what it is, is people do hold on to the root of something, you know, and it's like either that victim mentality or your past, or, you know, this, this, what we hear so often in couples is this fair factor, right? Like it's not fair that this yeah. person gets to to walk this way, or it's not fair that you're getting to do this. And we hold on to pieces of bitterness and we hold on to pain and it, yeah. it holds us back. Yeah. 
Well, just like yes. Lisa's saying, and you kind of hit on it too. So the betrayer, once you're free, right? Like I felt this, I was free. I was like, no more lies, no more hiding things. Like I was free. And so there was this huge weight that was lifted off of me that I didn't have to worry about. Oh, is she going to see something on my phone? Is she going to find something out? I didn't have to worry about anything or track, keeping track of lies or whatever it was. Like it was all freeing. And we even have a, a story that she was triggered once and she got so mad at me and I was okay. And I was like, I'm going to let her go through this. You know, I'm reassuring her, but I'm going to let her go through this because I got it. I understood why, you know, because of past hurts and all these things, but walking in that freedom, I've never even looked at it as how hard it is for the betrayed to see that. And then you, you see that. And then what else happens is when that betrayed says something, then I know for years I fought shame. And so like something would happen or, or something would be said, maybe not even maliciously just said. And then all of a sudden I'd feel horrible, like, you know, and I'd feel like I have to punish myself. Like I, you know, going through these weird cycles, was that, did that happen with you guys? Like as you're walking through this? Yeah, I would say the Lord showed me that this was more of a spiritual battle than Mm. anything else. Mm. Because the enemy, not only was he getting into our marriage through infidelity, but now, even though all of that was out in the open, now he was still using that betrayal to bring up old feelings of shame and condemnation. Mm. And um, he loves nothing more than to keep couples stuck in that place. And the Lord showed me that. So we started fighting different. I started to see him as a teammate and we're fighting evil. We are fighting darkness of this world, not each other. Like we both want to be together. We want this marriage to work. So it's still very challenging because when I would see when a trigger would come up, it would feel like. I was walking right through the betrayal all over again. There's no differentiation. Is that a word? I think yeah. it's good. Own it. There yeah. was no separation yeah. for my mind to know, is this happening now or is this in the past? Because it all feels now. And so it would automatically bring up for him, look what you did to me. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I I couldn't, I couldn't just not have triggers. Like they were coming out of nowhere all the time. So that's why I feel like it's just so important that couples walk this journey together, like so that he could support me in that, really hear me. And my triggers would just pass through and I was able to process them. So I wasn't having reoccurring triggers constantly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, no, and your reaction is matters so much there, which is what I think I value so much in the idea of as soon as Brad let go of the defensive piece, right. As soon yes. as it was, and you mentioned Travis, this, this ability to, to have empathy and how important that is when you're dealing with this type of situation and this type of pain, especially when someone's pain reminds you of shame. Right. And so when you can own yourself. Right. And then you have the ability to listen and not then respond in a defensive manner. It'll, it does facilitate healing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, <clears throat> it really does. It, it's one of those things where I need to be more concerned because we, we all put walls up. Mm-hmm. You know, Brad, you were mentioning earlier um, what we would call fig leaves. These, <laughs> these uh, we hide behind these facades that we will put up. And we have been doing that ever since Genesis 3, ever since Adam and Eve sinned. We've been doing that when we put fig leaves up and we hide ourselves. And going back to what you were saying. Being defensive. I am I am so sorry, guys. No, no. you're totally fine. This happens to me all the time. I, just I was going to say, the this happens to me all the time. And I give Lisa this look. And then she's like, uh, yeah. I apologize. We're having some mic issues. And in my mind, I'm thinking about the mic issues. And I I had both of them going at the same time. No, you're totally fine. Talking about letting go of the defense and how walking through it with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. It'll come back. yeah i think so <clears throat> ask me another question and i'll be yeah, able to that's what I, I was like just i'm just gonna talk and then you can yeah you'll it'll come back up it'll for sure come back up one i always make up words too so that's why i said own it like i think that is a real word but if it's it not is. i just tell people just own it right. i make up words all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no um the what i've found and again like we didn't find any help you know we i mean we prayed and we found an amazing church and we had pastoral counseling, we had pastoral counseling and all that but we didn't go and seek um you know anything professional and i'm sure there was stuff out there at yeah. this time you know this was in 2011 2012 so i'm sure stuff was out there this time but i didn't we weren't seeking for it um but when i learned the hard way was as soon as i let go of being defensive whenever because it wasn't even that i was hiding anything i think at the beginning Mm. of all this healing was everything's out i'm walking in victory right like i'm doing my thing now i'm i'm prioritizing prioritizing see i make up words all the time prioritizing Mm -hmm. the lord i'm doing all these things and i would feel hurt if lisa said something that i'm like if i triggered her and she said something i'd feel hurt and like i don't even know what i'm doing like you know and then i would kind of get in this defensive posture then i started to grow and when i started to learn like you know what it's not even that big of a deal i'm having to have more empathy i'm having to look at it from her point of view and it's not that she doesn't trust me it's that something happened and it brought her back to the time that she found out and so then i needed to learn like hey i want to be reassuring to you but i'm not going to be defensive and i mean the first time that really did occur she hung up on me and would not answer the phone and i was deployed and so i couldn't like just real christian like you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) for sure um but i couldn't you know i just would keep texting her and kept trying to call her and then but during the whole time, I wasn't, I wasn't defensive. I was super concerned because I was like, no, I want you to, you know, don't, don't think this is a break in trust, you know, kind of deal. Um, so that was a hard, uh, for me, it wasn't hard. It was long in learning, right? I didn't realize I needed to not be defensive. I thought like I was so used to being defensive 
because I was hiding everything and I was walking in this, you know, this other path that I was doing. So I think that's a huge thing that you guys learned quickly. Like you learned very quickly, all these things. That's what's amazing with your all story. When we've talked to you guys before, not, you know, recording when we first met is how quickly everything happened. You know, I mean, in our lives, man, that was 2011 and we didn't start, I mean, we were doing marriage things at our church, but we didn't go full blown into stepping in faith and what God wants us to do till 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and having like that stirring in 2019, it's almost like that whole thing of like being obedient in God. And that's where you guys were, right? Like, it, you know, I tell my kids all the time, there's, there's a difference. It's in obedience and delayed obedience, right? Delayed obedience is disobedience right? Go take out the trash, please. Okay, dad, doesn't do it, says he's going to do it, doesn't do it. And it's like, and then does it 20 minutes later. And it's like, hey, dude, I asked you right now, you know, and I I look at that, even in our point of view, like I felt stirring on to to reach people, um, you know, uh, to give hope to people, to help people understand that there's hope through this, right? And I never really did anything. One, I was like, I don't even know how to do it. Two, nervous. You know, three, maybe not 100% ready. And more of that delayed obedience in God where I was just disobeying. Um, think, you know, telling myself, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. When you finally just step into it and you see amazingly what God can do. And that's what I think is so cool about your walk with betrayal. Like your walk through all this is... It was expedited, not because you skipped steps, but because God was like, okay, you're doing what I'm asking you guys to do individually. Now I'm going to strengthen your marriage and you're going to do this. I think it's amazing. He was really working on us and in me specifically during that time, you would share things with me and it would hit me sometimes and I would have this shame come up and mm-hmm. you guys may the listening to this may experience this too, where you feel like, man, I feel like there's this weight on me, this heavy burden and weight laying over me. And the way we refer to it is kind of like this shame blanket, like this yep. 50 pound shame blanket mm-hmm. that will come over. Every time I did that, every single time, what I did was remove her pain from her Yeah. Say that's not important. I'm important. Mm -hmm. Every single time I would say, all right, that's not important. I'm important. Anytime I brought my shame into it. And it shut me down. It discounts her. It discounts her pain. It discounts what she's talking about, what she went through, what her experience has been. And it makes it all about me. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it. And then I am left with, oh, man, I feel like such a horrible person. Woe is me. I shouldn't have done this. I'm really sorry. And that's not what she's wanting. That's not what she's looking for. She just wants somebody to say, like, wow, you're hurting. That's that's, that's painful. I'm here with you. I'm walking this road with you. And I have to let go of that shame. I have to be able to let go of that shame blanket that keeps holding me down and realizing that that is not what I meant to carry. That's not what I meant to bring through life that um, God didn't, Jesus didn't set me free to be able to hold on to that. You know, it says in the Bible, therefore there is no condemn, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And 
I need to be able to let go of those because that's not Jesus condemning me. Mm -hmm. That is straight from Satan. That's straight from hell. I can put horns on that. That that is not who I am. That's that's not being effective, being able Mm -hmm. to, that doesn't create a safe place for you. The next thing that I learned Mm-hmm. is I know on this podcast, you can't see me because I'm, I'm on video too, but I'm holding a container up near my ear. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is Adele would speak to me. She would say things to me. And because I had this uh, way of listening from my past, let's just say I had judgment. Mm-hmm. What she would say would like go in and mix in with my judgment. And then what would come out of my mouth is not anything to do with what she said. It's what she said mixed in with how I interpreted it through my judgment. And then my response back to her sometimes didn't make sense at all. Sometimes was hurtful for her because it had nothing to do really with what she was saying, because I didn't clear my listening out to be able Mm -hmm. to listen to what she was actually saying. I had judgment or I'm not good enough or had shame or had something there that was stopping me from being able to hear her effectively. Mm -hmm. And I had to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And he let that go was when my healing took off Mm -hmm. because I was actually able to process what Mm -hmm. I was feeling in a safe place where I felt validated and understood. Mm -hmm. And that shifted our healing may in a major way. And I also believe that's why it was so rapid because mm-hmm. I ended up with a spine surgery that had me in the home for three months with him right after <laughs> how ironic I, discovered. <laughs> I didn't think it was good timing, but I see why God did that because we sat and talked all day while mm-hmm. Haven was at school mm-hmm. every day processing. Yeah. And I worked through so much in that three months that then I was able to start working on me and how can I show up better to this marriage? It wasn't all him. I had my own Mm -hmm. faults that added to everything. And not to mention, I was unfaithful in my heart in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I stopped blaming and I started looking at me as the problem and how can I shift myself to improve our marriage in that way. So powerful. I think that's the the cup analogy that you had. I think it's so it's it's a great analogy because everyone you talk to if you've had a relationship with them on any level, you have a filter, right? Yes. And if they say something like if you've been hurt by someone before and it's gone, like it, it's you know, that was way downrange. Like, no, it doesn't even rate anymore. They don't even think about it. But when they say something, you, you hear it through that filter. And so you take it totally wrong. And I think like even that little tidbit of how intentional you were to have to shift that and understand that I can't view this this way. I can't filter what she's saying through this way. I have to literally drop that and just understand what she's saying you know, and I, I don't know, quite know the steps to do that other than I would be more like, I tell a lot of people, if you just take a step back, like in that moment, if you could just take a step back and really try to try to have that empathy for someone else and try to understand where they're coming from and what they're talking about, instead of filtering it through 
a past hurt or whatever it may be. And it might not even be the hurt that they've given you, but just in general, like you're filtering all these things through that. That's, I mean, and did you get all this from that intensive that you guys went through or was this, no, like, this was like intensive. your own intensive, right? Yes. We dove yeah. into personal development after yeah. that. Um, the intensive kick started the mm -hmm. whole process mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. The Lord showed us a level of understanding we'd never seen before. And so that had us very curious about what else is out there. Yeah. What else can we learn that would improve our marriage and improve us as individuals? Um, but I wanted to give one more example of how you can see empathy for the other person. And we use an example of like the way that you're looking at this cup. Yeah. What side is the handle on? She's holding a cup up. Yeah, she has a cup up with the handle. For us, seeing it, it's on the left side. Yeah, so for yeah. me, it's on the right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see. And so it's easy to stay on either side of yeah. the cup mm -hmm. and only be able to see this one perspective. Yeah. So in order for me to see what you're feeling and what you're going through and what you're saying, I have to come to this side of the cup. Mm -hmm. And I have to look at it from your perspective. And when I do that, I can say, oh, well, that makes sense to me. Why you would be feeling that way based on your life, your past, your experiences. Right. That, yeah. I wanted to touch base on two things. I love that you said, first of all, I love analogies. And so the fact when Travis, you mentioned the shame blanket, having actual horns on it. I love that. And the fact that. Sometimes we need like to actually yeah. have like a physical aspect of recognizing that mm -hmm. this is from the enemy, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's we we so often do not recognize the tactics of the enemy and how subtle he is. And sometimes we just need to put horns on things. Like we yeah. need to say, yes. this is straight from the pit. I yeah. need to recognize it. It needs to be gone. This is hindering yeah. my healing. So I love it when we can actually visualize something like that, because I think so often we don't recognize the tactics of the enemy in our life and how he is absolutely wanting you to stay in the shame blanket, right? He's absolutely yeah. wanting you to stay in that pain, right? It's, it's who he is. He's out to steal, kill and destroy. So I love that. And I also think this analogy of recognizing Travis, what you had to do is to recognize that I need to now actually hear what she's saying. I need to actually listen. And I know Adele that you had to do the same thing, right? As soon as he was able to do that, you also were then able to say, now I'm going to be able to listen. Now I'm going to be able to turn and look at myself. What is my ownership here? Where do I need to grow as an individual, right? You weren't responsible for what happened. It wasn't on you, but in those moments, in our deepest pain points, we do have the ability to grow. And so we don't have to stay in those places of, well, I'm just trying to get back to what was right. The reality right. is, is that's gone. <laughs> and so you need to grow and you guys being able to recognize. And for anyone listening, you have an opportunity in your worst pain and in your worst shame to grow mm -hmm. and to grow towards what can be toward, towards what God has for you. And, and so that's, that's what it's all about right? There's so many people that stay in the cloak of shame or they stay in that cloak of pain and, or they spend their time looking backwards and saying, I'm just trying to figure out how to get back to where I was. And the reality is 
you have to move forward and you are a living testimony Mm -hmm. of what moving forward looks like in, in marriage. Thank you. Our passion is to help couples walk this road Mm -hmm. because it is, it is uncharted waters. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you have no idea how to get through. And then you're faced with it. And it's like, what I have no idea. And so that's why we created the course is called walking through betrayal. And it is literally a step-by-step process for couples to walk through. We do it in a way where some video, we encourage couples to watch all the videos together, but we do one video for the betrayer and then one video for the betrayed mm-hmm. because they're walking different healing journey. Yeah, true. But it's so important that we know what that journey is that each other are walking so we can walk it together. So um, we're so passionate about helping couples because we got the help. The Lord brought us the help, but it was not all put together. It was in a lot of different places that we had to go find this help. And so we wanted to create something where it's all in one place. The videos are like 12 minutes or less. They're easy to digest, easy to understand. And then you get to go practice that growth that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Love it. Love it so much. So will you guys just share with our audience the best place for them to find some of your resources, follow you guys, get plugged into what you guys are doing? Absolutely. We'll start with what she just talked about is that course. It's our online academy and you can go to the noblemarriage.com, click on courses, pick any of the courses that you're interested in. We have details about every single one and there's some videos you could watch on that too. Love that. As well as we are the noble marriage on every platform, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, definitely go check out our YouTube channel. Yeah. Please subscribe. Free yeah. free Hold, on. Hold on, it makes me happy when you subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's we have over a hundred videos on there of just we want to help couples and we want to make a difference for yeah. couples in all stages of life. So definitely go check that out. I think that's why we connect with y'all so much. Is that we are on mission in the same space together. And I love that. And I love that in God's economy, this is never a competition among marriage ministries who are Christ-centered, right? right? We're like, let's do this together. The more couples that can be impacted for growth and for God is like, hallelujah. I just love Yes, amen. Amen, I agree with that. And that's one thing we love about you guys. And we appreciate what you do your audience, how you are choosing to reach out to your audience. And you guys are making such a huge difference as well. This is kingdom work. And we are like, when we first met you guys, we just feel so connected to you guys and who you are and your passions. And it just lights us up too. Yeah. I'm hoping I need to learn the YouTube realm. Yeah. Like that's, (laughs) that's the next step for over here. I need to figure that out. And we got that. Yes, we're gonna have a whole little thing with that. Well, thank you guys so so much for just taking the time to speak your experience and just sharing how healing is possible, growth is possible, restoration is God's business, right? We we love getting a chance to share that with go check these guys out, subscribe, hit the subscribe, like make me happy. Exactly. Make Travis happy, okay? (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us.